Good morning, class. Hi, I am Keith Moore. This is Faith School. Faith School is the place where our spirit gets fed and our faith grows stronger and we learn how to be overcomers. That's what God made us to be. We've saved you a place right up here in the front row. Get your Bible, get something to take notes. Come on into the class with us. Let's get our, like we just got through saying, our spirit quickened and our faith fed. The uh, great thing about uh, feeding on the Word is you can't overdo it. <laughs> you know, in life, you can certainly overdo it, eating certain things or eating the wrong thing. But oh, you, you can't overdose on the Word of God. There are no adverse side effects. So let's just load up. Let's pray and release faith for today's class. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for the privilege of knowing you. Thank you for giving us your great Holy Spirit to be our teacher and our guide. Thank you for revealing to us and teaching us by precept and example how to live like you do. What a high thing. How to walk and live and function and think like you. Here in this life and past this life. We ask for the utterance and direction and answers and help for right now exactly the next steps and we receive it by faith and we thank you for results already by faith in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Would you turn please in the great textbook to Hebrews chapter 10 again studying what we're calling by faith from the great Hebrews chapter 11 the 10th chapter, all this flows together. 10 verse 35 of Hebrews says, Cast not away, therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Now, not, not just reward, great <laughs> recompense of reward. Does it pay to trust God? No, it really pays. <laughs> it really pays big. But we got to do our part, and our part is to trust, be confident, and not quit trusting, and not stop being confident in what he said. He said, you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Uh, in verse 1 of chapter 11, he says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. God's Word translation says, faith assures us of things we expect and convinces us of the existence of things we cannot see. So faith has to do with the future and the unseen. But it's not, you know, there's no ambiguity in faith. Listen to the words confidence conviction. Each one of these, you could substitute the word sure. I'm sure of what I'm expecting. I'm sure of what I can't see. That's faith. Not well, we'll see, we hope so, maybe so. That's not faith. And sometimes you'll hear people say, well, I'm sorry, I just, 
you know, I just can't believe all that. That's not true. By nature of what faith is, you could believe it if you chose to. What you're saying is I choose not to believe it. Believing is a choice. Faith is a choice. And you can have faith in a number of things. You can have faith in a machine that you trust that it's going to do something for you. You know, every time we fly in a plane, we're trusting it's not going to fall out of the sky. Right? We're, we're trusting those engines. We're trusting those wings. Every time you drive your car and you put it in D, you're trusting that something's going to happen. You're going to move forward. You're trusting the brakes are going to work when you push the pedal. So you, I mean, you trusted that chair when you sat on it. Right? You were, you were not thinking you were going to fall in a pile on the floor. It's going to hold you up. And so you can trust things in things. You can trust in machines. Certainly you can trust in people. Sometimes that trust is warranted. Sometimes it's not. We're talking about trusting God. Oh, hallelujah. Who cannot lie, who has never failed. Is he worthy of your trust? Is he trustworthy? None better. None better. When he tells you something, as they say, you can take it to the bank. I mean, right? It is good. It is solid. You can count on it when he tells you something. And that's what we're talking about. Well, of course, you'd need to know what he said. You need to know what he said in his, in his word, the Bible, and what he says to you personally and individually, specifically by his spirit. And uh, once he's told you some things concerning the future, concerning things that are unseen, then you have the option of making up your mind, yes, I believe that, or no, I don't. It's a choice. We studied Abraham a while back, and uh, uh, such a beautiful picture, how God took him out in the nighttime and told him to look up in the sky. And don't you, aren't you sure that God gave him an, an exceptionally clear night that night so, so he could see brilliant stars everywhere he looked. And he said, uh, can you count those for me, Abram? And I'm sure he thought, no way, no way. He said, that's how many children and descendants you will have. And they had none, not a one. And Sarah couldn't conceive. And they're getting older every day. It just looked impossible. But the reason he's in the book is the Bible said he looked up into that. Does he understand all that? No way, no how. But the Bible said he believed God. Just that simple phrase. What does that mean? He made a decision that what God's telling him is true and that he can do it. If he said that's the way it's going to be, that's the way it's going to be. That's concerning the future, even the far distant future. And it's concerning things you can't see and things you don't understand, things you can't perceive or confirm with the senses. But it is something that pleases God. And you can see that it pleases you when somebody trusts you just simply based on what you said. They're treating you like uh, your word is good like they can count on you, like you're faithful. It honors you. It blesses you. That's just person to person. 
I've, I've had people that come back to me that uh, somebody told somebody that, you know, I might, might do this or might not do the other. And they spoke up and said, no, uh-uh. Now, I tell you what, if Brother Keith said he'd do that, that's what's going to happen. Well, that blessed me. It got back to me. That blessed me. Why? They, that honored me. They, they believed I wouldn't set it unless I intended to do it. And as long as I had ability, it was going to happen. Well, that's one of the big reasons why faith pleases God. He tells us something, and He knows we don't understand it. He knows we don't see it all. But when we just look up in childlike faith and go, well, if Big Daddy said it, <laughs> that's it. It will, it'll happen. Call it a done deal. And that, that pleases your father. It makes him smile. It blesses him. You're honoring him. We see, verse 6, without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And we got down to verse 20, 21 and 22, looking at this attribute of faith and this action of faith. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. He spoke over future events with certainty. Verse 21, by faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning upon the top of his staff. Now again, let me make this uh, differentiation. It didn't say they had a vision, they had a dream. It didn't say the hand of the Lord came strong on them and they sensed this big anointing. No, it said they did it how? By faith. And by faith is not by sight. It's not by feeling. Uh, this is something, and, and the reason, one of the reasons why it's in this chapter and it's given to all of us, it's something that all of us should be doing on a regular basis, is speaking faith words over the future, speaking faith words over our children's future, over our grandchildren's future, uh, saying things that the word that God told us in the general sense that we know is His will, and in saying things that we would perceive uh, by the by the Holy Spirit living in us that we should say, good things, blessing things. Uh, I mean, we we've got any number of scriptures we could stand on without having to have a hear a special word as you might say from the Lord. The scripture said, the Lord said, I know the thoughts I think towards you. And the plans, good thoughts, good plan, right? To give you an expected end. Well, is that true for all of us? Yeah. So why couldn't I say that over my children, over the grandchildren, over your spiritual children, spiritual grandchildren, as elders and leaders? You speak it over them. Good thing. God's got a good plan for you, boy. <laughs> God's got a good plan for you, girl. Is that right? And, and to speak it over, you know it's the will of God. You don't have to labor about this. You know it's the will of God for them to know Him, them to be right with Him, for them to be healthy and strong, clear-headed and bright, have plenty of material things, not to be covetous, but to have plenty and abundance. 
you know it's God's will for them to be blessed and be a blessing. So why can't you speak that over them? Why can't you call them strong? Right? You know, around the churches, we say that over our little ones, don't we? We, we have a saying, a confession. <laughs> they say, I'm quick, I'm sharp, I'm bright. What's the rest of it? I'm, I'm good looking. Y'all know it. Very rich and a major blessing. <laughs> well, see, that, that might sound like a cute little thing. Oh, we ain't being cute. We mean it. We mean it. We want that in their mouth. And we should be speaking things over them with our mouth. It matters. Words matter. Words matter. In Matthew, Jesus said this. And uh, it's, uh, it, it covers a lot of ground. Matthew 12, 35. He said, a good man out of the good treasure of the heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. And we talked about this uh, uh, earlier in the week. Whatever you're full of, like a sponge... When you're pressed, that's what's going to come out. And so he said, uh, a good man, if you're full of good things, out of the good that's treasured up in your heart, that's what's going to come out. You'll bring forth good things. But if you're full of uh, bad stuff, evil, another word for evil is bad. Bad things and a bad treasure of bad things, well, that's what's going to come out of you. Verse 36 I say to you that every word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Now, most people do not believe this. They certainly don't believe every word you say matters. How many would agree? Most people don't remotely believe this, right? They believe you can yak, 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 talk, talk, talk. We've even invented Phrases like, I'm just saying. Does that sound like you think every word matters? <laughs> no, you're implying nothing I'm saying matters. I'm just making noise, okay? I'm just rambling, right? And, and when I get nervous, I talk. I'm sorry, but I, I, I just, you know, I talk. Stop it. <laughs> Don't make excuses like that. Uh, the Bible said in the book of Proverbs that, um, you know, if you're constantly speaking, over much speaking, you won't lack sin. And, uh, and he goes on to say, you know, another passage that life and death is in the power of the tongue. James goes into detail in the New Testament talking about, he said, out of the same mouth ought not proceed blessing and cursing. In fact, let's go over there and look at it, James 3. It'll bear us looking because this is specifically what these patriarchs did. They blessed. They spoke blessing, didn't they? In James 3, he talk, he's talking about the tongue. And verse 10, James 3, 10, he says, out of the same mouth, Proceeds blessing and cursing, my brethren, these things ought not so to be. This is much more prevalent than you might think. People 
are cursing their future on a daily basis, including church-going people. <laughs> but they don't call it that. They're not seeing that. Some of it's obvious. You know, there's what people call cussing, which is not necessarily cursing, but it can be. And there's no accident that the popular expressions when you're angry and upset is not, God bless that. <laughs> it's something else. Right? Why? You'll notice that the enemy has just infiltrated the whole world's thinking with damning and cursing. Damn this, damn that, damn the other. It just sounds like bad language, foul language. It's much worse than foul language. The enemy wants cursing in your mouth so he can manifest cursing in your life. He knows. Just like the Holy Spirit can manifest when you speak words of life and faith, the enemy, the destroyer, can manifest when you speak words of cursing and death. And you know, let's say you got a, you got a little lawnmower. It's the only lawnmower you got. And it's choking and puffing smoke and it's not cutting the grass and it quit on you and, and you don't have a lot of time and, and you're mad at the lawnmower and you kick it and you cuss it and you go, you blankety blank, blankety blank, blank, blank. You are being stupid, <laughs> right? This is a lawnmower. He doesn't hear you physically. He's not going to speak to you. Do you have any other lawnmowers? Do you want your lawnmower to work? <laughs> You're cursing it. You're hindering it. You're not blessing it and helping it. You're cursing it. You see people do that with their car, right? You know, they go out to start the car, cold winter morning, and it won't start. Hit the windshield, hit the dash, put another crack in it, <laughs> cuss it, you blankety blank, blankety blank, 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 blank. Now, now people think, well, I'm, I'm sorry, I just got mad, I'm sorry, I know I'm a Christian, I'm not supposed to talk like that. It's worse than that, honey, it's a lot worse than that. Words matter. It's not just about being profane, using foul language. It's about you speaking words with conviction. <laughs> How many of people can cuss with conviction? Is that right? I mean, they're serious about this. It's about you speaking words with conviction that the destroyer can act on. He's looking for every angle to get access. How I many remember the scripture said in Ephesians, give the devil what? No, don't give him any place. Neither give place to the enemy. Why would you need to write to Christians and tell them that? Because obviously it's happening. Don't give him place. How would you give him place? The specific thing it said in Ephesians there, don't be angry. Be angry and sin not. Well, he says that in the, in the very same thought of don't give place to the enemy. Why? Because you, you get mad, what's liable to happen? You're liable to say some things, 
right? You get mad and you get all bent out of shape. What the enemy will be pushing you, pushing thoughts towards you and pushing feelings towards you to do what? To say something that he can act on, to damn something, to curse something. We're not cursers. We're not made to curse. We're blessed and we're blessers. Somebody say, I'm made to bless. I'm made made to bless. Well, then you need to be full of it. And when you get pressed, that's what comes out. And if you've yielded to the other junk for a long time, well, you've trained yourself in some bad stuff. And in flesh is flesh, and if something comes up, you'll have a tendency to try to slide back into it. But even if you started to say the wrong thing, you say, you, 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 blessed machine, you, <laughs> catch yourself, mid-sentence, and, and make your words do something pro, uh, beneficial for you instead of work against you. Don't just talk to be talking. Don't just vent. Did you hear that phrase, everybody? Come on, somebody say, I don't vent. Now, now, now here's the thing. The enemy is so crafty. He'll tell people, you know, it gets all, it gets all built up and you get all upset. You just need to, you need to let it out. Just, just let it out. Vent. No, what's actually happening is you're letting it in. When you are venting, you're yielding to rage. You're letting it in you. You're yielding to confusion and rage and angst. You lo- Anytime you're losing your peace and you're losing your joy, just know you are messing up. Right? You are going the wrong way. And you can really do some stuff in just a few moments of time that you regret for years. Doesn't take long to make some big mistakes. And you, you're here, people say, well, I just got so mad, I just didn't know what I was doing. Well, who was driving? Who did you yield the steering wheel to? You yielded. And so it's better, if you, if you don't start yielding back here, you never wind up there. You shut it off before it gets started. Say it out loud again, class, I don't curse. I bless. And you do it. Not just because you always feel like it, you do it by faith. Hallelujah. Just like they did. I bless by faith. I bless by faith. Um, Turn with me back to Matthew again, Matthew the 12th chapter. He said, every idle word that men speak, they'll give account thereof in the day of judgment. Now you might think, well, that just, that seems too much. Every idle word... It's because the enemy can use them. That's why you have to be accountable and responsible. Uh, you hear it all the time. People say like, that, I got mad or I got upset, and they said some things that really hurt somebody. And a lot of times people, when they get mad or get upset and hurt, they say things they don't even half know what they're saying. Well, then where is that coming from? They don't realize the enemy is feeding stuff because he knows you, you'll, it, you won't even think about it. You're mad, you're upset. That thing, that thought and that feeling hits your mind and, and being, you'll just say it and you'll say it with emphasis. And he knows the thing that they're most tender about. 
are most insecure about. And so he'll prompt you to say it, to hurt them. And so if you're letting him use you and your words to hurt them, you ought to be responsible for that. When you could have kept your mouth shut. That's what he's talking about. And so Ephesians says it like this. Don't let any corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. That's a big statement, isn't it? But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. God never talks just to be talking. Never. You will never hear God say, I'm just saying. (laughs) Never. Which means you shouldn't say it either. Never. Why? When God speaks, it's never just for communication. It will include that. But when he speaks, he releases something in his words. When he speaks, whatever it is he's saying, that spiritual quantity accompanies those words. If he says, be strong, it's not just a pep talk. (laughs) There's strength in every uh, word. There's strength in every sound of those words. Literal, spiritual, physical, mental strength that you can receive. And people say, yeah, yeah, but that's God. Yeah, but you're made in the same image and His likeness and given, unlike animals, given the ability to speak and choose words, you're a speaking spirit made in the likeness and image of God. And we can, instead of just saying everything that crosses our mind, we can choose words for effect. Just because it's all over the news doesn't mean it's going to do any good for me and you to talk about that. What's going to help the situation? Just because so-and-so is going through a bunch of stuff doesn't mean that we need to talk about, rehash those details. Have you noticed when people are going through something bad, they start looping. They'll say the same thing. They'll tell the same stuff, bad stuff, over, over, over. That's because the enemy is pushing them to do that. People can get suicidal doing that. Just stuck in a negative, bad loop. We want to say something that would lift them. Say something that would take some of that off of them. Take something that would minister peace to them. Jesus told his disciples, when you come into a place, when you walk in the door, you say, peace be to this place. That's not just saying howdy, right? Can you see that? And this is not Jesus. These are his his staff, his people. Go into it and say, peace be to this place. And if somebody's there that'll receive it, it'll come on them and stay there. Praise God. You and I have this opportunity and ability every day of our lives. Said out loud, Lord, show me how to bless like you do. To speak words of life, words of health, words of strength, words of grace, words of joy, words of wisdom that edify the hearer in Jesus' name. Praise God. Well, that's it for today. 
We'll see you next time in Faith School.